When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Outkick 360 is back across the Outkick network. Glad you're with us. Alongside Chad Withrow, I'm Jonathan Hutton. Paul Kuharski will report live from Titans training camp, day number one, coming up in an hour uh, on YouTube, Facebook, Twitter, and across the entire Outkick network platform. Jacob Swanson and Lance Lee making the show happen for us. David Reed, the chairman of the board, primary complaint coming up in 45 minutes. A lot of headlines to discuss, including Deshaun Watson, who is on the practice field in a quarterback red jersey for the Houston Texans today. Uh, cleared to practice by the NFL. Uh, that came out yesterday. He's a go, and he's currently taking reps at quarterback for the Texans. We'll explain and discuss the dilemma that Houston's in right now, uh, plus Thorough details on the Titans as they begin their Super Bowl quest in 2021. And we will go in depth on Derrick Henry in a three-peat. We'll explain that too. But we start with uh, USA Gymnastics. They were going for the three-peat. And then Simone Biles bowed out after one vault in the team competition. Since then, 24 hours later, uh, she has exited the Olympics. She is not competing in the individual competition either and that is where we begin the headlines today Chad how are you I'm doing very well Hutton and um, my opinion on this has evolved a bit in terms of Simone Biles um, not completely but we said this yesterday it was a weird story to discuss when we showed up because it was so fresh and we did not have a full explanation from Simone Biles on what exactly happened and why she was withdrawing Here's the other thing, too. She quit. Withdrawing, quitting is the same thing. I know people have a problem with words and how you word things. I sent out a tweet last night praising Jordan Childs for stepping up in the, uh, the uneven bars with a great performance, not knowing she was going to be doing it up until a minute before having to go up there because Simone Biles. And at the time, it was a lot of confusion yeah. about whether or not she was coming back. We can get into the actual broadcast with, uh, with the NBC also, which I thought was telling. When you go back and watch it, when it was happening live, even though we're watching in tape delay, I thought they did a good job with Mike Tirico coming on live last night uh, in the primetime coverage and just saying, look, everyone knows the story by now. Simone Biles withdraw withdrawing from the team competition. We know what happened with Team USA. We're going to show you how it unfolded and what happened. That's how they opened their primetime coverage. I thought that was really well done. I think my opinion has evolved a little bit the more I hear from gymnastics experts talking about the physical risk when you mentally just don't have it. Nastia Lukin on the coverage, I think, explained it well that, look, you're doing these crazy things in the air, and if you can't mentally wrap your head around where you are in the air, which that's what she was saying was happening, 
then you're risking some serious injury to yourself by doing that. So from that perspective, I'm okay with whatever decision she wants to make, but making the decision that, yes, it is a mental issue, but it could have caused a physical issue, I think is an explanation that I understand. And now I'm thinking, all right, that's her right. I, I, I get it. Now, Hutton, we talked yesterday also about the build up to this and how she was never really emotionally into it. Well, for a couple of years. Yeah. And then she bought back in and decided to get back into training, well, training for 2020. I think the argument is that she so- somehow felt some sort of external pressure to go compete in the Olympics because she's Simone Biles and she's the GOAT and she's the reason everyone was going to watch the Olympics. Maybe that's internal pressure from just reading headlines. Maybe that's actual pressure from gymnastics coaches, from NBC, from different people to go do it one more time, and she got pressured into doing it. I still do. Not pressured. In in the sit-down interview prior to the national qualifier, she said she decided to get back in for herself. She wasn't doing it for Team USA. She was not doing it for USA Gymnastics or to, to, to lend a voice in any certain way uh, in support of USA Gymnastics. It was for her because she was asked what more does she have to gain in the sport itself. And, and she said she, she was simply doing it to, uh, because she's, she's driven to do it for herself this time instead of anyone else. But that weight of the world comment is what I'm saying. She said, I felt the weight of the world on me and it's weighing on me. The weight of the world is external because that is, I feel like, not not feel like, I'm the best. I'm the reason that people are tuning into the Olympics. And I felt that pressure and it internalized itself into some sort of mental block, the yips basically. That's what other sports would know it as, right? You mentally can't get over some sort of hurdle and it affects your performance. And she's withdrawing, and, and Nastia Lukin described it this way. She's withdrawing because the mental issue she was having could have affected her physical well-being. And that's why she decided to drop out. Um, I don't take as much issue with that. I still go back, though, to the original decision to do this. And in doing so, you're taking a spot from a teammate and thinking this could have been handled a lot better. You could have known even after the qualifying if this was an issue. Hutton, you brought up, you know, this wasn't her first vault of the day. She had practice, she had training in the other room, and she went out and did a vault and then well, withdrew. So in, in the build-up to the Olympic Games, um, they, they, were built, they were discussing her age. You know, she's, no, she's not a teenager anymore. She's old for the sport. And 24 years old. In the sit-down interview uh, that she had, um, and it was with the Today Show, I believe. Uh, I may be wrong, but I believe it was with the Today Show, and this was from a couple of months ago. She said that she has to warm up in order to just warm up, right? Yep. So the whole mental state of mind, yesterday's vault was the first vault of the competition, but she would have been warming up mentally and physically for a couple of hours prior to that. And that, that's where I, where I was yesterday was you're going to go into the event and do one vault and bow out instead of knowing you just don't have it and not competing that day. I, I, don't, I don't understand the parallel of one vault went really bad, so I'm out. And then the, the immediate jump to she's not quitting on her team, she's quitting for her team. I, I don't understand I, that concept. I, I don't buy that either, uh, that part of it. Again, if the, if the reasoning is 
Mentally, I was so out of it, I was going to jeopardize my physical well-being because I didn't know where my body was in midair. I'm okay with that as a reason. And people are going to come back, oh, she can have any reason she wants. She can do whatever she wants. A absolutely. No one's saying anything other. She did exactly what she wanted. She withdrew, and now she's withdrawn from the all-around individual right. event also. She can do whatever she wants. We also can have an opinion. <laughs> Anyone sure. can. Something I'm hearing back is, well, you're not an elite athlete to her level, so you can't comment on this. Th that's the most tired thing ever. You can understand competition and still be able to comment on it without being the elite of that sport. Um, but it looks like, Hutton, I think this is where I was yesterday with this. And this may still be the case, and it may be how many of you out there view this as well. It looks like she had a bad performance in the vault, and she didn't want to stain her own reputation by going out and having a bad performance. Because I cannot buy that her doing this was for the team. I, I don't think, she, I think she sacrificed the team a little bit. Again, if it's for her own well-being, great. But even if she's average to below average with her d degree of difficulty, I think they would have won the gold and had a chance to do so. I, I don't know that it was this immediate leap to, you know, heroic and bravery and she did it for the team. I, I take issue with that. But again, my opinion has evolved a little bit with more info on her reasoning for doing it. And I'm okay, ultimately, with her backing out, especially now that she's backed out of the individual event also. And we said this yesterday. What she does moving forward in the Olympic Games, and we still don't know if she's going to come out and do the individual apparatus competitions. She could do that, which is Sunday, I think, is when that starts. Um, that's going to... This is the all-around. Th yeah, that's yeah. going to paint how we view the whole situation. And I think that the fact that she's backing out of the individual all-around also paints it in a way that, oh, there's something really is up mentally with her. A couple things I want to point out, though, and I'm seeing a lot of this on my Twitter feed right now. The importance of mental illness versus a mental issue. I am all for shining a light on mental illness as a problem. And I think what Michael Phelps said and did after his Olympic run helps it. I think what Dak Prescott has done in the NFL helps shine a light on it. I think to an extent what Simone Biles is doing can shine a light on mental issues. But there is a difference between a mental issue and a mental illness. So to have respect for mental illness, let's not lump everything in to mental illness. You can do that about a lot of things, and I think that's medically incorrect, and it also can become a crutch in a lot of situations. I believe she's having a mental issue. I don't think it's some sort of mental breakdown, but there's something in her head that is off, and it's causing a poor performance. I buy that. I don't know that it's mental illness, and you don't know that it is either. And Simone Biles doesn't know that it's mental illness. Again, mental illness, mental issue, two different things, words matter. Something else I want to bring up also. Bravery and courage with this decision. I don't buy it. You can be okay with this, but it doesn't have to be the most courageous thing you've seen or a brave thing to not do something. I'm going to share a text message that I got right now, and we're going to put it up on the screen. This is from my cousin, uh, who is a pastor in Washington, D.C. And I asked him for his, per for his permission to share this because I thought it was very poignant when I read it. And it made me think of this whole situation in a very different way. And he wrote to me, and he watched the show yesterday and, and saw all of our opinions on it. Big fan of Outkick 360. He says, while I won't agree that Biles quit, I am frustrated, he put quit in quotations, I am frustrated by the association of bravery and courage to her decision. 
I don't fault Biles. This isn't a war, nor is she leading her family or something of great consequence. It's sports. I'm fine with her pulling out if that's what's best for her. However, I try and teach my boys what courage and bravery is regularly. I teach them that courage and bravery is not the absence of fear, but doing the right thing amidst that fear. Consequently, let's not use the words courage and bravery to be associated to not doing something. No shame or guilt from me and her making that decision, but can we please try and preserve the words courage and bravery? I thought that was beautifully said. It made me think of this in a weird way. Uh, not a weird way, but a different way. I've been trying to mm -hmm. verbalize how I feel about it. And that's the issue I have when I go on Twitter or I watch television and I see so many media members try to frame this as courage and bravery when I think that's not the words we should be using to describe this. I am more okay with her making this decision now because I have more information. But not doing something, and we got into this with COVID-19, and I have talked about this a lot. The brave thing and courageous thing became to not do things, to cancel things. Wow, so brave to not have that event. So courageous to not find a way to make things happen and not do this. And I think we've twisted those words. Just like we've twisted mental illness versus a mental issue or a mental block, we are twisting the meaning of courageous and brave. And I think that's a dangerous thing to be doing. And I thought my, my cousin said it, it was well. great. It was great. Um, no one's questioning Simone Biles' toughness here either. Um, she has 30 Olympic or, or world medals in, in her career. I mean, she's the GOAT. We, we throw that around a lot too, but that's exactly what she is in her sport. She has competed with broken toes in both feet. Uh, she has competed with kidney stones. Um, she has dealt with uh, sexual abuse publicly in the public spotlight and has dealt with the scrutiny of being Simone Biles. Like, that's all true. Um, and and the, the path of deciding to go into her third Olympics is well documented. But once you're in and you get all the way through the qualifying rounds and you get to Tokyo, Chad, I have, a, I have an issue with one vault and saying you're out. I, I just, I, I can agree to disagree with the courageous stance that people are, are saying with that. Uh, to me, if you're in, you see it through. That, that's, that's my mentality with it. Um, and she would have been battling these things, and she's mentioned this in the lead up for months, if not years. That's all true. But she made the decision to be a part of Team USA, and after one poor vault, was out. I, I can't... I can't be on the side of quitting. And to me, if you're, if you're in, you see it through. That, that's how I was taught. That's how I was raised. Chad, I know you feel the same yeah. way. Uh, you're, going gets tough. You're not just going to quit on your team. You're going to be there for your team. And that's, that's how I viewed it yesterday. And that's still how, when I read her quotes, that's how I view it today. Um, I, I, Clearly, this is a tough decision. I'm not trying to say it was an easy one to quit. Um, it, it's actually probably more difficult for her to make this decision. But it still doesn't mean I have to automatically say that this is courageous and brave. Um, I, I don't believe in quitting on teams and teammates in competition in that situation, especially after 
you would have warmed up and gone through this entire process. Um, I, re I respect the decision, but I don't have to agree with it. And I don't agree with when it was handled. If this was done prior to the Olympic Games, uh, if this was done during the warm-up uh, and, and getting prepared to compete, may, I, I feel different about that than I do one vault and waving the white flag. Hutton, I think we are in complete agreement on it was a mistake for her to go to these Olympics yes. based on the outcome. Um, this would be a completely different story if she just decided, guys, I'm not mentally, emotionally into it. My body's hurting more. I'm going out on top as the GOAT. And I guarantee you that Simone Biles would say the same thing. She might not say it right now when everything's fresh, but she'll eventually say, you know, I, I shouldn't have gone based on the outcome and what happened uh, when I got there. So we can all agree on that. Michael Phelps was even talking about it and said, I understand what she's talking about because I felt the weight of the world when I was in the Olympics multiple times because you are the star of the Olympics and you know everyone is watching and everyone is counting on you um, to go out and, and win gold. Michael Phelps went out and, and performed. He did it. He felt the weight of the world and he still went and did it. Now he talked about mental issues after the fact with that and the pressure and strain and no one is doubting the pressure and strain on all of right. that. But this is a totally different story if she decides beforehand I'm just not going to make a go of it, and then you give someone else the opportunity. I also want to talk about the really good stories around all of this, and that is Suni Lee, Grace McCallum, Jordan Childs, yeah, and I had this who were put too. in a very difficult spot I, I agree. and performed admirably. Yeah, and then the way they stepped up in the situation. And, you know, the, the one part of the NBC broadcast that I appreciated them showing was Biles telling her three teammates on the floor that she was done. And you could see their initial reaction. They were supportive, but also kind of like, whoa, <laughs> Simone's not here. And then the way they competed and still went and got silver, admirable. Yeah. I that's, mean, it's, that's the story. It's, yes. And, and I, I thought, you know, Jordan Childs especially. Yeah, and right that, The broadcast did a great job of showing that where she had 30 seconds to, uh, to practice an event that she was not planning on participating in until right. Simone Biles left, you know, minutes before. Mm -hmm. And they were still unclear on whether or not she was coming back. Simone Biles runs out, and she still has her grips on. And you're thinking, oh, she may be trying to make a go of it. And then that's just to tell her teammates um, that, that she was out. And I'll also say I, I thought Simone Biles uh, handled herself well after the fact to stay and cheer on her team, right? I mean, it could have gone very different had she just gone in the locker room. But she made a point to go out and give them pep talks and stay and cheer them on. Well, she was the on the medal stand with them. And she won a silver, you know, because of that. I mean, uh, I don't want to go overboard with the praise on that, but, it, again, things could have been worse uh, from that perspective. And I agree with you. I mean, we can slice it however you want. People get really pissed off when I said, hey, great job by Jordan Childs stepping in after Simone Biles quit. Simone Biles quit. You can call it withdrawing, whatever you want. It's, it's mental issues. It's whatever. She was not physically unable to go, and she decided to leave the competition. That is quitting. And I think to be tough and to be fair, we have to use words that are true. She quit. Well, and it's not, it's not a crime to and, admit and that me, she quit. We're going to discuss all the I different elements that involved in her, in her quitting, but she quit. My issue is quitting on the team. If this is an individual event and she pulls out in the same situation... I, I, to me, there's a different mentality with that. I don't buy this 
headline and this storyline that she didn't quit on her team, she quit for her team. I, I just don't stand for that. She bowed out after one event when her team was counting on her as the best. I, I don't, I can't wrap my mind around that aspect of it. If, it's, if this is the individual competition and she has the vault and pulls out, well, that's on her. She's affecting her. This affects the entire team. And, and that, that mentality of Team USA, to me, I, I, I don't find the correlation with how that helped Team USA. No, and it, it, to me, at, that's the initial reaction from everyone looking for the grand story and everything. Hutton, look at the responses of her teammates when she's out there telling them she's not playing. It's shock. Yeah. They really don't know how to respond in, in the time. This was not a, oh, well, thanks, now we're going to go ahead and take care of this. It was disappointment by them because they know that she's the greatest of all time. She, she's not only the greatest on the team and could help them win a goal, but it was going to be much more difficult because she's the greatest of all time in her sport. So removing that from a competition is going mm -hmm. to hurt the team. There's no other way around it. Kay uh, Oldham on the YouTube page says, please discuss Larry Nasser in this whole part of the story. Larry Nasser is a monster who's going to prison for the rest of his life for a reason. And what he did to Simone Biles and every other member of that team is despicable. And there's going to be a lasting impact on that. I can say all of these things while also saying, years removed from that happening, her withdrawing from the Olympics, I don't think has anything to do with Larry Nasser. That was her decision that we can discuss separate of that. I, I don't see Simone Biles saying that's the reason that it all stems from that and why she, she did. So we can, we can say all the facts of the matter. Larry Nasser, a monster, and did a lot of bad things for U.S. gymnastics and did awful things to well, those young but, ladies. But, but I, am, I am saying that in, in the buildup to the story, she is alluding to the fact that that is, that is playing a factor because she was struggling with whether or not she wanted to represent Team USA Gymnastics and, and that camp. She did not want to represent them. And, and she was very vocal about that. I mean, they, they've changed coaches, they've changed training regiments, uh, you know, curfew time. She didn't care. She was like, I'm, I'm just doing this for me. And it, it, so in her discussing that aspect of it and deciding to get back into it and dedicate, look, there are hours upon hours, six, seven hour days of training for her at 5 a.m. in the morning, you know, in, in the well-documented cases of all Olympians. Um, and in her case, the best and the grind that it takes and the physical and mental grind that it takes um, to, to show up and then leave the competition after one event on your team, to me, that's not the right message. And it goes back to just don't go to the Olympics, right? if, if that's the case. It, it all stems back to that, that if th this was something weighing on you and that's really a reason why you withdrew, then you shouldn't have gone because it does cost your teammates. And I think it was Suni Lee uh, in the interview with Maria Taylor, in fact. I saw Maria Taylor interview uh, the three silver medalists, I guess Simone Biles being the fourth. But in the interview, Suni Lee said, look, we don't owe Americans anything. We don't owe you a gold medal. Anyone that wants to criticize about it, go ahead. But we owe it to ourselves and each other. I'll take both parts of that. She's right. They don't owe me a gold medal. I like the idea of being patriotic and going and doing something for your country and for yourself. It's a reason that we all watch the Olympics, whatever country you're from, whatever country you support. 
it's a reason that we love it. But there's two parts of that also. You know, we do this for ourselves. You also do it for yourselves, your teammates. And that's the, that's the issue that I think both Hutton and I have a problem handling, is that that was not a decision made for her teammates. It was a decision made for herself. Does she have the right to do that? Absolutely. But it's not just America. It's not the flag. It's not USA Gymnastics. It's the three other teammates that are standing right there with you when they're all interviewed after the event together. I think that's from a, I know it's an individual sport and it's a team act, a team event. That's what I have a difficult time coming to grips with this whole story. Hit us up on Twitter at Outkick360. You can join the chat as well, Outkick360 in the YouTube chat. Coming up in, what, 25 minutes, we've got primary complaint. Uh, but when we come back, um, another quitter uh, in Deshaun Watson. But in a much different tone here. Uh, he has quit on the Texans, but yet is showing up and using the Houston Texans. They're facing a dilemma because the NFL's not stepping up and doing anything. And Watson is using the situation to force his hand. He's actually practicing today on the Texans practice field after the entire offseason saga of demanding to be traded and how he says he's not going to play for the city. We'll discuss that straight ahead, plus a, a thorough and detailed practice report from Titans training camp day number one. That's in 30 minutes as PK checks in live from the Titans practice facility. First though, ExpressVPN. Your online activity, your business, period. Every device in your digital life should be secured with ExpressVPN. I know most of you are probably thinking, look, I've got incognito mode, no big deal. Incognito mode does not hide your activity. It doesn't matter what mode you use, how many times you clear your browsing history, your internet service provider, they can still see every single website you've ever visited, and that's why even when we're at home, we never go online without using ExpressVPN. It doesn't matter if you get your internet, Chad, from Verizon or Comcast or AT&T. ISPs in the U.S. can legally sell your information to ad companies. And ExpressVPN is an app that reroutes your internet connection through their secure servers, so your ISP can't see the sites you visit. ExpressVPN also keeps all of your information secure by encrypting 100% of your data with the most powerful encryption available. ExpressVPN available on all your devices, phones, computers, even your smart TV, so there's no excuse for you to not be using this product. That's right. Protect your online activity today with the VPN rated number one by CNET and Wired. You can visit our exclusive link expressvpn.com slash outkick360. You get an extra three months free on a one-year package. That's expressvpn.com slash outkick360. Expressvpn.com slash outkick360 to learn more. Outkick360 across the Outkick network. What a difference in how Major League Baseball has handled the Trevor Bauer situation compared to the way the NFL is handling the Deshaun Watson story. And, and it's left the Houston Texans with a, a big dilemma. You know, their, their messaging to the team, their direction of the franchise. They have a top five quarterback who doesn't want to play for them, who they invested millions in. He signed a $157 million uh, contract extension What uh, that was last September. And right after the season, the last time he spoke in January, right after the Titans won in Houston, 
He quickly came out and said he didn't want to be a part of the organization. He was quitting on them. He wanted to be traded. Well, then the 22 sexual assault allegations came out in, in civil court. And since then, the Texans, the NFL, for the most part, have been silent on this issue because there's been no legal recourse from the civil suits. And there won't be because Deshaun Watson maintains his innocence. Innocent until proven guilty. And I'm totally fine with that, too. But because he's maintaining pure innocence on this, he's not going to settle out of court with any of these suits, which means this continues through the season and into the offseason when these cases will actually be heard. The NFL said yesterday, officially, after Watson had reported to camp on Sunday, which I don't think the Texans expected him to do, he's reporting to avoid the $50,000 fine per day, which is mandatory, which the Texans can't tell Watson, hey, don't show up, we're not going to fine you. In the new CBA, it is a mandatory $50,000 fine that cannot be deferred in future payments if they show up or, or just wiped clean. It's, it's a mandatory fine, so Watson's there so he doesn't get fined. The NFL says no restrictions on Deshaun Watson at Texans camp, which means he's practicing, and he's on the practice field today serving as one of the quarterbacks for David Culley's team, even though he's not a part of the team. Mentally, physically, checked out. Uh, reports are behind closed doors as he reports to camp on Sunday. He's walking the halls, making it known he doesn't want to be there, that he's not there to play for the Houston Texans. He's there to report to force their hand to get traded. The question is, based on the legal situation that's going on, the non-response from the NFL to this point, what teams are going to step up and trade for a player who could eventually go on the commissioner's exempt list, which is great except for one thing, that's paid leave. So if he's on the commissioner's exempt list, he will be paid by whichever team decides to trade for him or by the Houston Texans, who currently owes him a $10 million salary uh, in guarantees for 2021 slash 22. So what do you do if you're the Houston Texans? Your star quarterback has shown up. He is your franchise quarterback that you have invested a four-year, $157 million contract extension on last September, not even 12 months ago. He's openly said he wants to be traded. There are 22 civil lawsuits that are still yet to be settled that will not be settled anytime soon. And the NFL is saying he's open to practice. He's open to play. He's eligible on your roster. What do you do if you're the Texans? You, I, I'm sure they would love to say, hey, you're excused, go home. But again, if they do that, they're still owing him the money that they've already committed to him for 2021. It's quite the dilemma that, that they have to face because it's also a simple message to the team. And, and I thought Brian Wilson of the Houston Chronicle, Chad, uh, said it well. Deshaun Watson is still using the Texans after quitting on them. And he goes on to write that when you compare what the Texans have said and with the messaging that the, the only way the Houston Texans have success with this roster is if they build from within and they are truly a cohesive group inside that locker room. And if you're Nick Casario or Cully at this point, how do you sell that message with your captain and your leader leading the charge for getting out the door? You can't have it both ways. My reaction to this is, did the Texans do something to the NFL <laughs> to piss them off? Because this is the worst of all worlds. 
I, what is the NFL waiting on exactly? The, they the, don't need criminal charges to well, take this action. Is, this is what the, you're the right. Past. They don't. They don't. But to I don't. I, I hesitate to say that they have to jump out and act in, against Watson only because I don't agree totally with what Major League Baseball has done with Trevor Bauer. No. Which is put him on an exempt list, put him off to the side before anything. I mean, Bauer's also saying he's innocent. He's saying it was a mutual yeah, he's understanding. Got, he's got one incident as opposed to 23 accusers. Right. And I, I'm, not, I'm not trying to say that I'm, I'm buying right. Watson's story either here. But what, uh, here's what the NFL said. We know that the NFL has been judge, jury, and executioner even if the legal recourse in the, the legal process has not played itself out. In, in past situations, I'm thinking Ben Roethlisberger, uh, for instance, who had the issues off the field, was never convicted, um, settled one case out of court, and was suspended during the, the offseason going into the season. Ezekiel Elliott, another example of a player who's been suspended by the NFL. Um, but here's what the NFL is saying. They're saying that the NFL has not been given access to talk to many of the plaintiffs who filed the lawsuits, or to third parties who might have relevant information. The NFL has also not been given access to evidence that the police has gathered in their investigation. So they're admitting that they have nothing. They're just going by what the attorneys are saying, and the NFL is saying that's not enough to act on Watson at this point as camp begins. So what do you, if you're the, the, the Eagles have been rumored to want Watson, how do you trade for him? What value, what, what value do you place on Watson? Because you pick up his contract. If he's on the commissioner's exempt list, he's paid, that's paid leave. So you owe him the money and it's it just, you don't know after this season when it actually gets settled in civil court, if he's going to, if the NFL acts in 2022, they could. So how do you handle this if you're, the, if you're a, a team that wants Watson or you're a team like the Texans who don't want Watson? I mean, you can't. You have to just sit around. You have to sit around or you got to cut him. I mean, I don't know what you do. It's this weird standoff situation now where it's Deshaun Watson showing up, calling the bluff of the league and the Texans and everyone else, and the Texans just have to sit there and deal with it because they don't know what the value is for Deshaun Watson on the open market because no one knows Deshaun Watson's availability because the NFL refuses to act. Not that they have to act right now either, but this is such an awkward spot to be in. If you're the Texans, I keep coming back to, what did the Texans do to piss off the NFL? Because they have put them in an impossible spot right now by saying and doing nothing yeah. with this story. They've got to do something at some point. Or Deshaun, I mean, if you're the Texans, do you also just call the bluff fully and say, you know what, you're the starting quarterback. You're here. I know you don't want to be here. Doesn't matter. You're going to have to go out there and play. But there's no way you can have him representing your organization. I agree. But I don't know what else you can do at this point. Then he's your starting quarterback because he's there until the league acts. Uh, and, and, the cap, and because the, you can't act until the, the league acts. The cap involved in, in releasing him. Uh, again, it, it is a headache. And the NFL to this point is saying, we're, we're not acting because we don't have enough information. Major League Baseball, on the other hand, they've placed Bauer – on that commissioner's list, uh, where they're, he's, he's off to the side. The Dodgers don't want him back. But at least the Dodgers know 
whether or not he's available. It's not on the Dodgers to decide. Uh, another example, Bauer signed last offseason, a major contract with uh, the L.A. Dodgers. Houston is being put in a situation where they have to make a decision on their player, and I, I guess in some cases, some teams would love that. In this case, the player doesn't want to be there, and he doesn't want to be there even if he was not facing the 22 civil suits because that all happened before these allegations surfaced. Well, and you said it, Bauer wants to be a Dodger. He wants to be there. That's a huge difference with this. Uh, the amount of accusers is another huge difference. Any action by MLB with this, which I agree with you, and I don't completely agree with on the Bauer front, uh, there's difference there in that they took action and the NFL has done nothing. The motivation to get rid of Deshaun Watson without releasing him, but does that lead to a situation where the Texans sell very low in a trade? just to be done with it. They're going to get skinned in a trade because of Deshaun Watson, whenever he's out, it could be a year from now, whatever. You're not going to get the value back from Deshaun Watson being healthy and eligible to play quarterback whenever that happens for another franchise. But do you just bite the bullet and take a very low return right now to be done with it and to get something back? So Nick Casario spoke today, first day of practice for the Houston Texans, and, and uh, for instance, all, a, a lot of the GMs are speaking to the media. John Robinson spoke, and uh, Paul will, will report on that in about 20 minutes. But Casario is a first-year GM in Houston. He is the appointed guy. They have wanted him for years from New England. And now he's there having to solve this puzzle that's quite the puzzle. It's missing a lot of pieces to the answers. And he's deflecting questions on day one because they don't know how to handle this. Quote, I'm not going to get into an individual discussion about who's going to be doing what, asking if Watson was going to be on the practice field. Turns out he came out and did take snaps. He even took scout team reps working at corner, uh, where he's just backpedaling and, and being a man in space uh, for, for the scout team. But he's on the practice field. He goes on to say, we're going to do what we feel is best for the organization. It's a collective effort between myself and David Culley we're going to talk about everything each day, and then we're going to do what we feel is best. Again, saying something, but really saying nothing in that answer, because they don't know how to, to, to maneuver this to make it work for the organization. They're in a lose-lose. And, 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 and Watson has done this and, and, and forced the issue by showing up, again, because of that $50,000 fine, which is a, a loss for the, the NFL Players Association and, and another example of how the NFL won the latest CBA negotiation. Think about the players who threatened to not play or wanted out. Aaron Rodgers, Deshaun Watson, Zach Ertz, Chandler Jones is demanding a trade. Xavier Howard wants to be the highest paid corner on his team down in Miami. All of them reported to camp on time. They don't have holdout leverage anymore because they are automatically fined $50,000 per day. And that's not something that in the past, for instance, Pac-Man Jones uh, in 2005 held out. He was fined. But whenever he signed his contract and reported to camp, they paid his fine back in bonus money. So it's just whitewashed. You can't do that anymore. It's a mandatory fine that comes out of your paycheck. And that's why players are showing up, because it hits them in the pocketbook, and the 50 grand mounts quickly in all of that. Just, act, just ask Vic Beasley, uh, who missed 10 practices last year and was fighting $500,000 out of his paycheck. What can the NFL do at this point 
Well, they could to place him on the commissioner exempt list and say, hey, until we resolve things, he's not, he, he's just going to, and when, when the and commissioner. And that solves one problem for the Texans, right? You get a guy that's a malcontent who doesn't want to be there out He's of not your in your locker room. And, and out of your plans. It's not a mandatory fine if he's not there. It, 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 there is no length or time period on, on that. It's just kind of in purgatory on, on, the, on that list. So he's, he's untradeable at that point because there's no answer on when he would come off that list. Also, if he goes on the commissioner's exempt list now, it's for the season because he's maintained his innocence and he's not going to settle out of court so therefore, nothing on this is going to be resolved. The next court date that's actually on the docket is for the off season. It's like in February or March of next year. So Rusty Harden and, and all these attorneys, they're not going to settle anything anytime soon. So this goes into 2022. You would be guaranteed of, of him not playing or not being available if he goes on the list now. And the NFL saying they don't have enough information to make that determination. That's why I think you almost need to just sell low right now. While he's completely eligible, while there's no restrictions placed on him by the NFL. But I don't even You like, know it could be bad in the future. Yeah. You know that the return is going to be bad for you in comparison to a healthy Deshaun Watson playing quarterback, but you bite the bullet and do it because you've got to move forward as an organization. You know that he's not going to be there. You know he doesn't want to be there. You get whatever you can in return now to a quarterback needy team that's willing to take the chance on however long he's suspended or if he's suspended at all and you move forward I think that's the best option that's the best of bad options right now for the Texans there is you said lose-lose that's what it is there's also no foreseeable win for that franchise at this point right that's just the best of the losses and I should mention Terod Taylor took the first team reps at camp today for the Houston Texans it's not like they're running him out there and he's taking first team reps and he's the quarterback Watson has told them he doesn't want to be there. So he's just out there standing around. He is taking some snaps, but it's nothing like a, a true franchise quarterback would be doing at this stage. We'll get the latest on Ryan Tannehill, the Titans franchise quarterback. That's coming up in 15 minutes. PK checks in live from St. Thomas Sports Park over in Metro Center here in Nashville. We'll go live to Titans training camp with the very latest on uh, what they've said about vaccinations. Uh, who did what, what Julio Jones looked like today, that and much more, plus a detailed and thorough examination of Derrick Henry, who goes for a three-peat. We'll explain that. But when we come back, primary complaint. You can join us on Twitter at Outkick360 and in the chat at the Outkick360 YouTube page, where if you subscribe, if you ring that bell and you grab the alert, uh, that lets you know we go live every day at noon Eastern, 11 a.m. Central, you're automatically entered to win a Sony and Hertz Audison prize pack. You can see it on the screen. If you're listening to the podcast, it's fantastic. It's a Sony AX3000 car stereo with Apple CarPlay and the Hertz Audison 520-watt amp and a 400-watt powered subbox plus the speaker system, over a $2,500 car stereo system value. We're going to give that away through Sony and Hertz Audison next month to one lucky subscriber to the Outkick 360 YouTube channel. Primary complaint next on Outkick 360. Outkick 360 across the Outkick network. Chad, every Wednesday we air our top grievance of the week. It is time for primary complaint. So with all the discussion about the GOAT, Simone Biles, over the last, what, 24 hours or so, 
Uh, and before that, the discussion about Team USA and men's basketball and LeBron James not playing and what they've looked like, it got me thinking. I, I respect... I respect Simone Biles and what she's done in her drive for gold. And I respect greatly and applaud those players who played in the NBA Finals that then now represent Team USA in Tokyo. Middleton, Holiday, Booker. They want to win gold, and I want them to win gold because they're there. Uh, a lot of response to the loss against France and Team USA in the final score, 83-76. I'm, I'm rooting for Team USA now more than ever, Chad, and I know they rebounded well. Overall, there's this mindset that the Olympics have become an afterthought. Hard work, dedication, it's required of what these guys do, unless it's time to promote a movie instead of representing Team USA. And LeBron just handed over what could be his final opportunity for him to play at an extremely high level and win gold for his country. The, by the time the, the Olympics roll to Paris, he'll be 39 or 40 years old. GOAT gets thrown around a lot nowadays. But one of my GOAT qualifiers, the true alphas want gold. Sidney Crosby and Alex Ovechkin have played 16 NHL seasons. Do you think they'll sit out the Olympics for load management? Absolutely not. The NHL players didn't get to play in 2018. They were pissed. I don't see that same mentality from Team USA in men's basketball with LeBron James leading the charge. There are plenty of players and coaches that are taking heat for Team USA's performance right now, but some of the best players in the world opted not to play for load management, and instead of representing Team USA, LeBron James is representing the Toon Squad and promoting a movie. That's my primary complaint. And let me be the first to say bravo. That was uh, very well said. I agree with everything you, you said there. I'm going to go ahead and state something that everyone deep down knows, but too few are willing to say it out loud. My primary complaint is testing double vaccinated people for COVID-19. And this is not just a sports complaint. This is any walk of life. Double vaccinated people. The Titans are testing media members that are double vaccinated. Do not need to be tested. I'm also going to say something that's going to offend some, but everyone knows is the truth and it's the truth about me. Not everyone cares about COVID-19. Not everyone is concerned about it. People don't think it's going to affect them. I'm one of those people. I'm not concerned about COVID-19 with me personally. What I am concerned about is not being able to do the things I need to do for work or for family. And if getting vaccinated is going to lead to me being able to do these things, I'm going to do it. And guess what? I did it for that reason. That is a motivator for a lot of people. So for all the PSAs from the NFL, from pro athletes, from entertainers, from the government, the, from everyone else, when you're giving those PSAs, a big motivator for people is getting out of whatever protocol they're currently in. When you don't give them that freedom and you continue to test double vaccinated people, they're going to look around and say, why the hell would I do it then? Because my primary motivation is being done with this bleep for good. And when you keep coming back with it and testing them, they're not going to want to get vaccinated. If you truly want everyone to get vaccinated the way you state, stop testing double vaccinated people everywhere. Full stop. And it's my primary complaint.
Hit us up on Twitter with yours, at OutKick360. You can email yours in as well, 360 at OutKick.com. 360 at OutKick.com is how you can submit your video, your audio, or written primary complaint each and every week. Coming up, we go live to Titans training camp to kick off the Tennessee Power Hour. Paul Kaharski checks in. Detailed reports from what he saw from practice number one as the Titans prepare for the 2021 season. That's straight ahead. Hey, it's Jonathan Hutton. Thanks for listening to OutKick 360. Be sure to subscribe to the show to have the latest podcast delivered to you each and every day. And give us five stars. It helps us grow our network and provide you with more great podcasts like this one.